just we we have some of this discussion while we are in the formal meeting because we are talking about the future of the group and maybe if somebody downloads us you know that we don't know about it later on they can get what we're talking about and and uh, we can we can talk about some of these things because it is business of the club it's not like us talking about personal issues it's it's business of the club so we might want to discuss it after we've discussed the book a little bit I think that's great uh, Lana and tell us like for those those babes in the woods or ignorant people like me the difference between science fiction Fiction and fantasy? Do they commingle ever? Could you guys combine groups? I don't know. That is an argument that's been going on in the science fiction and fantasy uh, field for since it started. But yeah, let's talk about that a little bit as we get into the meeting. That that's that's a good discussion to have. And and there is many different. I have my own idea, and other people have other ideas. And there are some cute little uh, definitions like make the probable impossible versus to the impossible probable and what does that mean so yeah let's talk about that a little bit and that might perk up the group a little also one thing and I have not been doing well I'm going to save that for the group uh, okay um, I'm not sure who I want to record this um, I guess Anne is it okay if Bob records it or certainly I don't care who records it so long as it gets recorded, it doesn't ba- it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, it's just a question of hitting the right button. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not a it's not a uh, uh, political post to which I aspire to. It's just a, uh, a just a small volunteer job. So, Bob, go ahead. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the May edition of Accessible Worlds Fantasy Book Group. Today we will be discussing Rules of Ascension by David B. Coe. And I thought this book was going to be a lot better than it turned out to be. The synopsis sounded like it was going to be quite the wonderful read. And uh, it was it was okay, I don't know. It was just... I mean, I liked it, but... About halfway through, I sort of lost interest and just didn't really want to read it anymore. The first half was quite good, and the second half, I don't know. Maybe maybe if it would have been shorter, it would have been a better book. It would have been better if it had an ending. I'm getting real tired of these books that go on and on and on and on and on. Um, when it started out, I thought, oh, no, this is going to be one of these things where you have, you know, collective characters, where everybody bounces from character to character, and you can't follow anybody, and you don't really care about any of them. And then it started focusing, and I thought the climax was in the first half of the book, when uh, he was put in prison for murdering the woman, and after that, it's just a matter of uh, people finagling for uh, position and power and so on. There's a little more to it than that, of course. But it's... Um, it's it becomes i don't know it, where where is the excitement and and i but it was a lot better than i thought in the first hour or so of reading and the first hour or so i thought oh no this is going to be drag on forever but it did get better but then it sort of fell off well i thought it was too long i think they could have cut out some parts um in the middle. I'd give it an okay plus, although I'm not sure I'd read it without a a real author. I think that was part of my problem. You know, I did like the battle for the castle, but uh, 
like I said, it was an okay plus book. Is there a place to find reviews ahead of time if we're going to select a book? I just thought of that. I don't say that I do it. But there are places, are there not like, what am I thinking of, fantastic fiction or, I don't know, but where you can find a review of the book and get a, a feeling for it? Probably Goodreads or Amazon might have reviews. I'm not sure which one has more reviews on fantasy books, but um, Fiction DB, I'm not sure if that has reviews. I know that has lists of books. Does anybody else know of any places? I want to add one thing. I think Bookshare has a lot of times better reviews than NLS does. I've seen whenever I want a more complete review, uh, if it's on Bookshare, you can you can say thanks to Bookshare and go, you know. Isn't that where we got this? I don't know. I don't know. With the um, new uh, MP3 reader, which is so much better than my other machine, I forget sometimes, is this library or Audible or Bookshare? It gets confusing sometimes. But no, I think it's Bookshare because some of the name pronunciations made it a little confusing to me. Um now, I like authentic names, and names are a little different. You know, you don't want to call everybody George and Mabel. But um, it would be nice if some of the names were a little bit more familiar or a little bit more pronounceable, and that's, that's probably a flaw of the, um, the nature of the reading with the, I mean, not, not, not criticizing Bookshare. I mean, you can only do with what you got. But I think maybe that was part of it, that we kind of like, which, are we, which character are we talking about now? And... Um, that might have had a little bit to do with the confusion of the book. I don't know. Yeah, and it was really hard keeping straight all the different little the places in the four lands because it kept jumping around and between the characters' names. That's a major flaw of the fantasy genre that the character most of the time that all the characters have really unpronounceable names and it's hard to stick in your head. So when it comes time to talk about one, you're sort of saying oh the you know this assassin or whatever because you can't remember the name i think Anne and i had that discussion about that irish mystery series the irish nun in in eighth century or seventh century ireland or whatever and they were only on bookshare and i my poor machine just mangled the names and i couldn't read it because the names like i say i like authentic names but i i would like them read by somebody who knew how to say them so that it um was a little bit easier to keep track you know we have a disadvantage and i hate to admit it but in that we don't have the maps and okay where's this where's this and i i we always hark back to poor tolkien but i mean you progressed from one section to another strange country to another strange country but you were going in a direction and you weren't hit with all of them you weren't hopping back and forth from one place to another unpronounceable place and you had somewhat pronounceable names mixed in with the not quite so i mean aragorn is a strange name but it's it's rather distinctive frodo is a very distinctive name and even though they were unfamiliar they were comprehensible i think you're right in that uh, lana i i think it depends on the author and I think that because of the the modern day ease of publishing, um, well, I don't know because I, I've got some stuff I'd like to publish, but I don't know how. Anyway, um, but because of the the ease of publishing, we have 
lots and lots and lots of, of fantasy writers. And the, the fantasy writers that are the most memorable, and it's interesting, um, you know, that, that, that we should have this discussion this evening. I, I wrote a note to somebody on a list privately about this, that, that fantasy needs to be grounded in reality. And Tolkien's books are indeed, um, you know the geography of Middle-earth because you're told about it again and again and again. And if I were asked, I suppose I could draw a map of, of uh, Middle-earth. I mean, uh, in, in general terms. And uh, because you know where... You know where the Shire is, and you know where where Mordor is, and you know where uh, Gondor is, and and you know, and yes, the journey goes all the way from the northwest down to the southeast, essentially, and um, you know, so so you know, it's it's a progression, and you're right. Um, I as I say, I haven't read the the book we're discussing, but it is very difficult when you get several different countries and an author has not taken the time to really create his or her world so that it's actually um, an actual place. People like Tolkien and Eddings and um, oh, uh, Goodkind and and uh, uh, What's his name? Robert Jordan. I mean, they spend hours and hours creating a world so that it's consistent throughout. And, uh, you know, that's that's the mark of a good writer. So I don't know if this writer was any good or not, but that's my opinion anyway. You know, I don't know if there's genres, if that's the right word, in fantasy, but I can remember with the mystery book group the first meeting you know and really explained the various genres so that at least when i read it a mystery i I get close i said that's a police procedural or that's whatever and i don't know if that happens in fantasy but boy someone like ann or someone ought to give a discussion of that to educate people these tape these um recordings go all over the place at three in the morning someone hears that i get letters and they you know to educate them about the various genre of uh fantasy well bob actually you're right <laughs> don't get me started but um there are several different kinds of fantasy books and they uh and you asked earlier, do science fiction and fantasy sometimes, uh, is the border sometimes vague between the two? And yes, it is. Uh, there are some books that, that, walk, that actually walk the border between fan, uh, fantasy and science fiction. Um, the Golden Compass, for instance, that really does walk the border between fantasy and science fiction. Um, but if you, if somebody wanted a, a, a lecture about uh, the different types of fantasy, I might oblige if I had enough notice. 
That would be a wonderful idea. Actually, something that I wanted to discuss with everybody. Oh, hi, Don. Welcome to the group. Um, do we want to expand our fantasy reading to different genres? Because now we're reading, correct me if I'm wrong, and I think it's sort of typical high fantasy, and there's lots of different genres we could be reading, and that might attract more readers if we sort of switch, go through the different genres, maybe. Well, we had, uh, we've had some romantic fantasy. We had um, uh, Forest Lord. Bob said he had read it and uh, liked it, so I'm pleased by that. We've had contemporary fantasy with the um, oh, Dresden, the Dresden Files, and also the Weather Warden series were what I would call contemporary fantasy. Uh, we've had some... There are a lot of books out there that take place in, in today's world where supernatural creatures live in today's world. And, and the, high, the high fantasy that this was or was supposed to be. The, the other thing between science fiction and fantasy, some people think just because there's a spaceship in it, it's science fiction, not fantasy. But a lot of, uh, there are people who actually maintain that Star Wars is not science fiction, that it's fantasy because of the force. And, you know, you don't really know how these ships fly around in space and make sharp turns and do all these things that physics uh, says, no, 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 you can't do that. Of course, we don't know that you can't do that. We just haven't figured out how to do it yet, which is, but they don't bother explaining how you, I always, I still consider Amber's Way, my novel, to be a, a fantasy, even though it involves time travel and the future, because I never bothered to explain how it works. It just, they did it. And I don't put any uh, explanation into how it came about. And that, to me, kind of makes an, an, an explanation of a difference between science fiction and fantasy. You have Asimov and Heinlein, where they're very bound to what it's possible. Well, Heinlein wasn't there toward the end, but uh, it's, this a ship can do this, a planet is like that, and so on. Whereas fantasy, kind of, uh, you still have to play by rules, but you make up your own rules, and then you hope to be consistent within those rules. Another thing that I wanted to say about setting was when we talked about all these different kingdoms and Tolkien and so on. In Tolkien and Jordan and um, uh, Good Kind, places are different from each other. Rivendell is not Lorien. Gondor is not uh, Rohan. Um, they're, they're very distinctive, whereas in this book you had a city and a castle, and another city and another castle, and another city and another castle, and you didn't know the difference. Some of them were more elegant than others, but I mean, you had no sense of place, which that uh, back to what Anne said, a grounding in reality, even though it's not real, like, you know, impossible things happen, but you still have to have your feet on the ground. And that's what a lot of the, uh, the high fantasies forget that. We had, we've had a couple like that where some of us complained that we really didn't, we weren't there. Yeah. The way I do it is... I, there's kind of a spectrum between science fiction and fantasy. And if it has magic in it, it's fantasy. If it has something that might be real, like telepathy or telekinesis, that's semi-science fiction. And then I move over into the hard science. Um, I would like to see different types 
For example, I just finished reading two books in the uh, Hollows novel mystery fantasy series. Um, and I don't remember wh where the series starts, which the starting book is, but I think it's on Bard. But I kind of enjoy it because it's got witches and vampires. It's an alternate history where witches and vampires have all ex always existed, but due to an event, they actually came out in the open. So they have agencies to govern the witches and govern warlocks and all this sort of thing. And the primary character is a witch who ba does bounty hunting. There's also a series by, oh dear, uh, Will, uh, somebody, um, Borderland series, where suddenly uh, fairy and earth came together and they overlap and, you know, you get that it's kind of a dark fantasy series. Uh, Rob Chilson? No? Um, somebody help me out on that one. Um, there's also, you know, one of the things that frustrates me about fantasy, and it's frustrating me more and more and more, and I think I said this earlier, but maybe before the official meeting started, books don't end. Now, I love a series, and I love being fascinated by something in a series and wanting to read another book about it or about this character that gets developed in the next book. And you get some of that with ro with romances, the um, Heather Graham series that I'm reading right now, um, which I would call more romances, but there are vampires and stuff in it, you know. But um, each story concludes. Now, you may have some ends hanging out there. They haven't found the source of the evil yet. They haven't tracked this or that. And Robert, or not Robert, Robert Jordan did that in his first, I would say, the first three of the Wheel of Time. And Terry Goodkind, except for the last three of his Sword of Truth, his books have always come to an end. It may have been, we have more to tell, but it ended, it wasn't a soap opera. And that, that policy, and this book was one of those, where it doesn't really end. The David Eddings book we did a long time ago came to an end. I mean, you knew there was more to happen. They were on their way to a new adventure. But the story itself was complete. And there's too many people out there, I think, just writing books, and they just throw more things in. They don't know what to do. Through, so they throw another element into the story, and it doesn't. you don't have this sense of completion that you do with some of the older fantasies that do come to an end. Uh, I'm sorry I had a call, but I want to go back. Harry Potter, then, is fantasy because there's magic? Harry Potter, <clears throat> yes, Harry Potter is fantasy because it has magic and the rules of magic apply um, in Harry Potter. Um, a lot of the magic has to do with mind control, but magic in most fantasy books has to do with the magician controlling things with his mind. And yes, um, Harry Potter is fantasy, as they say. Um, one of the books that walks the border between fantasy and science fiction is The Golden Compass. Now, some people might think that Anne McCaffrey's Dragon series might be considered fantasy because, because it's it's not really science fiction, although I I don't know. 
I, I think it, it's sort of on the on this side of the science fiction um, border. In other words, it's it's pretty well in science fiction, although it, it sometimes swerves close to the border. Um, but as I say, the Golden Compass really does march right along the border between the two. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell. But Don here, my friend, this here is an old science fiction guy. But Don, do you have any, any comment you want to share with us? Well, I uh, I don't some some fantasy I I have liked, but I don't like the high. You call it hardcore. I don't know if you call that high sentence where it's all magic and dragons and things. A lot of them they use a medieval setting and uh, and and and, and uh, as you say, they're with some elves and some giants or characters, but they keep pretty consistent within the rules. What they go. Uh, the thing about Anne McCaffrey, if you start out with Dragonflight, that's to me that's pure fantasy. You find out later that there is science behind the dragons and how they are able to fly. The sense of between is is total fantasy. There's nothing scientific about it, and the fact that you go between time because simply because the dragons can. And the fact that you have telepathy between the dragons and the dragon riders, to me, that is pure fantasy. But there is science behind it in the fact that the dragons were a created, uh, they were evolved, I mean, they were mankind evolved. They were created from the fire lizard. They were genetically created. And there's something about the bone structure which makes it possible for them to fly, plus the fact that Pern is a metal light planet, which somehow is, uh, we, we assume that the gravity isn't as great there or something, and the fact that the red star makes a cycle, which is very planetary, it's, you know, look old Halley's Comet kind of thing. So you you have elements of science and elements of fantasy. I don't want to use the word magic because we're not drawing pentagrams and speaking spells and and uh, using uh, pendants and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of like, is telepathy science or fantasy? Because some people believe that there is no such thing as psychic ability and some people say absolutely it is. So that gets into the realm of what is, you know, whether it's fantasy or not. But if you start reading the first of the dragon books, uh, Dragonflight, it's pure fantasy. Ah, I tend to disagree with you, Lana, um, and that's not a bad thing. But if you think back to your childhood, and you remember a certain lady named Madeline Langle, do you remember her talking about something called a tesseract? And what a tesseract is, and why it works? I think Anne McCaffrey... Um, she, although she doesn't explain it in the same way that Madeline Lenkel does, I think she's talking Tesseract. Because the effect upon those who go between is about the same as the effect upon um, the children in, say, uh, A Wrinkle in Time. So I'm not sure whether... The flight of dragons is purely fantasy or not? I kind of think it isn't, but that's me. I'm going to read the book, Dragon Flight. I got to get my feet wet here, and I I will do it on my cruise. Touche, Anne. I forgot about 
a wrinkle in time. We ought to do that. I know it's supposed to be science fiction, but in a way it's fantasy too, because she's dealing with uh, quotes from Shakespeare from The Tempest. She's dealing with the three witches, which aren't really witches, and the Pegasus, which isn't exactly a Pegasus, and the, the character that used to be a star. Those are fantasy elements, but she does mix them with science fiction, and that is... I can remember when I was... I didn't read Wrinkle in Time when I was a kid. I was in college, and I, a lot of the women around me were taking um, elementary education. And in Kitty Lit or Kid Lit, they all read A Wrinkle in Time, and they were so fast. Oh, you've got to read this. This is so good. You've got to read this. And we sat around the dorm room one time, because I didn't have it in accessible form back in 1968. And we sat around, and we got popcorn, and I don't know what all we did, but we had a Wrinkle in Time party in the dorm one Saturday afternoon into Saturday night. And that was so much fun because it it kind of I hadn't even read Tolkien then, and it really kind of opened the world of fantasy to me. That would be a good book for us to read sometime. The other thing you need to remember is Arthur C. Clarke's famous statement that any truly advanced technology is going to be indistinguishable from magic. And that's where I guess I'm back in the old day, Robert Campbell or Hangline and. Uh, days of science fiction, and when you get too far in the future, you do get into like magic and fantasy. You're very, that's very true. That's a great statement by Clark. Yes, and he was, uh, and it's an oft repeated statement too, but um, he was thought, you know, he, we think of him as a very hard, very hardcore science, but yeah, that works. Well, look at the monolith in 2001 and 2010. What was that if it wasn't magic? I know he called it a Swiss army knife, but you know, basically it did magical things. I think when you don't put science to explain things, they become magic. Um, and that is other people would disagree, but Heinlein in his future books in, in Time Enough for Love and, and some of the where they're flying around in this ship, they flip back and forth in time and do all kinds of strange things. And also, in, even in Door into Summer, um, uh, the sleep is a, the sleep in Door into Summer is, is definitely science, where they're put into cold sleep. But when he goes to the professor who thinks who's invented a time machine and flips him back, um, there, there is no scientific explanation. He just does it, and um, you know, it, there he is, and and goes through the same thing over again. So that, I guess, it's more science fiction than fantasy, but it it verges on it. Well, I remembered reading a book about Star Trek, and in it they talked about the Star Trek Writer's Guide, and one of the points they made in the Star Trek Writer's Guide is don't explain how something works, you know. For example, none of the course changes that the Enterprise did would be done that way. There'd be dozens of maneuvers. But, you know, Captain Kirk just says reverse course and you do. And he doesn't explain how a phaser works or the transporter. Um, even if you go back as far as Dragnet, you know, they don't explain how a gun works. Uh, so you don't explain how things work generally, in si even in science fiction. Well, that's right, because we turn light switches on all the time and run wa running water, and nobody thinks about it. So I'll back off that. Wow, this is so interesting. Keep going. 
I hope a lot of people download this. You know what we ought to do is go on the site and talk about it, uh, talk about how we got off on this because, um, you know, that might in itself create. Another thing that I thought, we were talking about the uh, what would create interest in the group. Maybe if some of us, you know, we always, oh, what will we read next week? What will we read? Maybe some of us ought to put little reviews on if we read a good fantasy book or a really rotten fantasy book during the month other than our selected book. Make a little note about it and tell us tell them what we did and didn't like about it, then maybe other people would get more interested in, in our discussions, and I don't know. We probably need a blurb how to join the list, the fantasy list, but even if you wrote that review, we could we could take it. We don't, you don't put the name of the list, but you can move it over. If it's a DB, you can easily go to DB review or whatever, as long as you don't show the other list. They get all excited. And Bard Talk will take any everything. There are a lot of good readers there. And Pages Plus of Accessible World. Hit us with reviews. You guys read something good, share it, and get them turned on here. I, I just, this dragon flight and all that stuff, that's pretty good. Well, it would sure be nice to see something on Bard Talk besides, I want to download books that don't have foreign titles. You know, it's just, uh, foreign language books. I, <laughs> oh, well, anyway, never mind. I, I won't go any further except to say I, I think people need to um, get a life. But in any case, uh, all right, well, we can certainly write reviews. Um, I've been reading a lot of mysteries recently, so um, I need to switch over and read some fantasy. I've got some on my... Um, SD card for my Stratus, uh, which I haven't dipped into, which I probably should. I'll try and go back and read the first book in the series that I was talking about with the witches and warlocks and vampires and uh, pixies and all that. I'll review the first book. Be nice to read it again. Now wait a minute. Are you saying that on our email list on the fantasy group we can't talk about particular books? What? No, you can. But if we steal it, if I say this is really good, I'm going to put it over on DB Review too. But I won't mention the fa- from the fantasy list. They get excited there. You know, no, you absolutely can. But we have 19 members. DB Review and Bard Talk have much more. And if your review, I say I saw this review. This is interesting. And we'll just take the name of where we got it. You know, that's people do that all the time. Yes, please do reviews if you can. I know you're all busy people, but uh, you got to educate us. And I hope you can uh, to get us to say, look, boy, this is really good. Or start a thread. What What is fantasy? The genres is fantasy science fiction. You know it isn't, but... Explain it. Maybe you'll get a thread. Get some of these great readers who are quietly reading back there, sitting on the sidelines. Get them involved in the discussion. That sounds like an excellent idea. Well, if you want to read uh, urban fantasy and you don't mind reading YA books, um, and I consider it a fantasy because it's, it's about animals that talk, but what happens in the book is is uh, quite real. Um, how about the cricket in Times Square? I don't know if anybody's read it, or you probably haven't read it in years and years. But it's a funny book, and it's it's cute, and it isn't too long. Well, even Watership Downs could be considered fantasy because the rabbits uh, they behave like rabbits, but they are 
they, their intelligence is a little more up there. They they have conversations. They reason things out. They they do some technological things that they, they don't quite remember later on, but they did it to to get across the river and so on. And you have different societies. The generals' um, community was ruled very differently than um, than Hazel's community. So you get a, you know even that could be considered a form of fantasy. Oh, absolutely. It is a it is a fantasy, and it has elements of heroic fantasy in it um, shades of, of uh, Tolkien if you will uh, but also shades of Nal Saga and so forth um, it has elements of epics in it and um, uh, that would be a great book to read we haven't, we haven't read Watership Down as far as I remember um I could be mistaken, but I would not mind re- rereading Watership Down at all. I just wish that Bard talk Bard had the Alexander Scorby version of it. I used to have cassette version. Uh, of course, we never copy our talking books. That's why God made patch cords. But um, the uh, I, I don't have a player that would play it. But it's too bad that we don't have that Bard doesn't have the Alexander Scorby version of that because that was just gorgeously read. Uh, Lana, uh, why don't you, uh, write me privately? Okay, I hear you. So, should we read Watership Down for next month? I suggest either that or Wrinkle in Time, because we, we've been talking about what is the difference between science fiction and fantasy, and that kind of straddles the, the line, uh, and it would be something that people might be, you know, either of those books on the, named on the list, people might be interested in. I remember reading that years ago. Yeah, they're both classics. So. And one is about the rabbits, was it? And the other, what's the other one? Just, I'm not going to vote here. You guys are the experts, but I just want to separate the books. A Wrinkle in Time. It was Anne was talking about uh, Madeline Langle and the Tesseract, and and we kind of I, I knew it, I recognized it, and, and so I mentioned the name of it. But it, about these kids who's well, it's a complicated story, but there are elements of both fantasy and science fiction in it. The other one, the Township Downs, is it or whatever? Ah, uh, Bob, you you need to read more fantasy, my friend. Watership, which is one word, Watership Down. It's written by Richard Adams, and it is a um, who is a British author, and so down is a, a British term for a hill or a you know um, a, yeah a hill. So Watership Down, and um, it's an actual place, I believe, in uh, in Britain, um, in England. Um, but uh, and see that's why you know you talk about fantasy being grounded in reality. Um, so anyway, yes, Watership Down by Richard Adams. Uh, so, well, Julia, what do you think? I don't mind reading Watership Down or A Wrinkle in Time. Either one is fine. Um, that that's great. And I wrote it right. I just said it right. I apologize. I know. I think I know what a down. Now I don't really know what a down is. Thank you. Well, how about we read Watership Down this month and Wrinkle in Time next month? So we read both. Yeah, I might read that one. Oh, do Don? I'm going to do it. You know, I want to help these guys, and they're helping me far more than I'm helping them. But I promise to read the next book, 
I really will. I thought what you said about rules of ascension, Julia and others were absolutely right. The first half held me, but then, oh boy, I started taking too many coffee breaks. Yeah. I'm, I like Julia. I'm getting really tired of multi-series or multi-book series. I just finished The Wheel of Time, uh, number 14, which is actually number 15 if you count the prelude. And by the time you get through that one, you don't remember who's doing what to whom anymore. I agree. I kind of want to read the last book, see how they come out, but I'm so confused. He started out, and that's what I was afraid this um, this one was we just read was going to be, uh, Rules of Ascension. From In the beginning, when I said it jumped from character to character, and I thought, oh dear, come on, let's focus. And then they did sort of focus for a while, and the, when the young dukeling gets put in prison for a murder he didn't commit, you know, that gets real interesting. And you, I kind of thought that his personality would he'd kind of grow up a little bit, and maybe he will in the, in the future, but I don't see it happening too much yet. Um, and it got real interesting there for a while, and then it, but gee, jump, 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 jump. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Um, you're right, I expected the dukeling to grow up immensely, especially after he was horrifically tortured. And it was, that didn't make a lot of sense. You would think that after somebody going through all those horrible things, they wouldn't still be a selfish, spoiled brat. I I don't know about that one. I think it stretches the credibility of belief. Um, and then towards the end, it said that he was mature and that um, his liege man wanted to serve him, but we didn't really see that in the book. So I don't know where he was going with that one. Well, I think that's probably in book two or book three, if you read on. Um, I don't know that I'm going to do it. Unless I can find it in a, with a readable format. There are people who go through horrific experiences and stay rotten eggs. And that could be a theme in the story. How He goes through all these things and he's still a rotten egg. In which case, he's not the protagonist. It's other people who are the... Pro- we got to put up with this guy, but he's still a creep. And uh, how, they, how they get along. But at the point, if we're supposed to be sympathetic to him, I'm sorry, it's not happening. Like you say, maybe in later books it will happen. The seeds have been planted. But I would like to have seen a little bit more of a sign of that in, in the early on. Okay, we're going to read uh, Watership Down first then is that correct that's correct and we're going to continue this talk about what is science fiction what is fantasy and the different genres in fantasy we can continue if anybody wants to put comments about that on the list you know that'll kind of get us going there okay sounds good and i will find the uh the db numbers and the and the bookshare stuff for um for watership down and um i might as well look up a wrinkle in time while i'm at it and write those down in my handy-dandy note-taker. And, uh, you know, so I'll be ready for the July um, the July read. So, all right. Very good. Okay, and Ann, I'm leaving Saturday for our cruise. If you get it to me you know, earlier than that, I'll, I'll get it out there. Well, I am fortunate, Bob, in that this... Um, this uh, today marks the beginning of a three-week vacation from Oratorio. 
I do not have anything to do on Monday evenings for three weeks. We just did a concert last night. And uh, so I am planning on catching up with a bunch of stuff I need to do tomorrow, so I will send you the fantasy blurb. And I can't send you the mystery blurb because I don't think we said what we were doing in June, but I have to look. I've got the file open at the moment, so if I know what we're doing in June, I'll let you know. Sounds good. And I thank you guys and Julia. You're doing a great job. We're going to all really support this group. Um, We have done this once or twice, and maybe your mystery club wants to try this. Once in a while, we've had a reader's choice month where everybody picked a book and that they read and then came together. I think we've done it once or twice all, but it's kind of interesting. You don't want to do it on a regular basis, but once in a while, you have everybody pick their favorite book and and talk about it. So maybe that's what your mystery club wants to do if, if, um, if they haven't actually picked a book. That's a great idea, and also a guest host. You know, Anna's done that where she's somebody in the audience is all excited and she'll say, okay, you, you host this one. You lead the discussion. And, and she doesn't do it all the time because she's the best, but she does do it. And especially if she takes a break or vacation, then people are, you know, really step in. But I like your idea of a review, maybe a couple of books or three at the most, where a guy leads, talks to us a little bit. Uh, it's a pretty interesting idea. And Bob, you're going to read Dragonflight, right? Yes, I am. I loved that book when I first read it. In fact, I even went back and read it a second time several years later. I've read it three or four times. Um, I would love it if I could go to Pern and stay there, even with the thread. I don't know if I'd want to be a dragon rider or not, but I think it'd be a neat place to live. I think I'd like to be a bard on Pern. I mean, you do get to ride dragons, even if you're a bard, so I think I'd like to do that. That would be cool. I want to spend a weekend in Rivendell. I don't necessarily want to live there. I wouldn't. I don't think I have you know, any kind of special skills or anything that would... Uh, same thing with Purr. I don't know how I'd make a living, but I'd love to visit those places. I'd be Master Fanderall. Okay, that's work. That's, that would work, yeah. Okay, shall we officially end the recording, uh, Julia? Or what is your pleasure? The, the discussion's great. I mean, if you want to continue. Uh, we can officially end, sure. Thank you, everybody, for coming and downloading the meeting, and see you next month. Bye, everyone. <laughs>